welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities, and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Embracing revival, four things. Praying, preaching, pastoring, planting. In the book of Acts, where we have the greatest revival in the Bible, people started by praying. They prayed. Ten days, the longest prayer meeting you never attended. And when they prayed, the Holy Spirit came down. A church that doesn't pray is a weak church. Hmm? When the pastor prays, the pastor becomes strong, not the church. That's why we have churches where everyone is depending on the pastor. Because the pastor prays and the other people think they pay the pastor to pray. But we want a strong church. We can't substitute the church's praying with the pastor's praying. In the book of Acts, it wasn't Peter praying while everyone else was running around eating Rolex. Everyone was in the upper room praying. Somebody tell your neighbor, I'm a praying person. Even if it's not the truth yet, confess it. Be like God who calls those things that are not as if they are. Tell your neighbor, I'm a praying person. Yes. So, they started by praying and then the Holy Spirit came down. When we don't pray, we just end up running activity but without spiritual power. Yeah. It's very bad. And sometimes you can't suspect that's happening because we know how to organize the service well. Yeah. So, we can't just have activity minus spiritual power. We should pray. So when you pray, uh, then the, the Holy Spirit came down and then what happened? They started preaching. The purpose of prayer is to preach. Preaching is evangelism. That's why we celebrate salvations here every week. Because people are going out and they are obeying the command to preach. Amen. I've been very encouraged here at Worship Harvest Nalia by Pastor Ernest Rush. Over there. He's our chief mobilizer for preaching. Uh, together with the movers and shakers. Where are the movers and shakers? Movers and shakers, stand up. Hey, movers and shakers, when I ask you to stand up, you stand up while making noise. Yes. Uh, Ruth, come. Yeah, sit down. If you are in this church and you are somewhere between 15 and 30, we are still allowing 30. Yeah. Remember NRM poor youth? <laughs> if you are between 15 and 30 and you want to be part of Movers and Shakers, register with Ruth here. Mirembe. Soon to change the name, but who am I? Now, don't think you'll just join Movers and Shakers. In Movers and Shakers, we grow. We read books, two books a month. We do practical exercises. We save money. We what? We serve. We, we grow. 
Yeah, move us and shake as, as you can hear the word. We move and shake. So if you, if you feel like your life is stagnant, where you were two years ago is where you are today. When you look at your money, it's the same. Uh, net worth, the same, if not lower. You're, you're, you have failed to find someone to love and other such things. You need to join movers and shakers. Because in movers and shakers, uh, we have weddings coming up this year. <laughs> yes. Good things happen to people who join movers and shakers. Yes. Yeah, we accelerate certain things. Yeah, sometimes when things are moving so slowly, we have a way of speeding them up. Because we are movers and I'm still, what are the four pieces of embracing revival? Praying, preaching, pastoring. When you preach, people get saved, they need to be pastored. And then when you pastor and people become many, you need to plant other churches where they start the praying, preaching, pastoring, and what? And planting. And our dream is to plant 3,000 churches with 3,000 disciples each, like the, book, the one in the book of Acts. Yeah, if that rubbed you the wrong way, don't worry, you'll soon get used to it. We are going. So we are talking about pastoring, and last week we talked about the fact that everyone needs a pastor. No, not someone you call your pastor, but they are not really a pastor, a real pastor. As I was thinking about this morning, I thought about the fact that if Michael Jackson had a pastor, he would still be alive. And that gift would still be in the world today. If Whitney Houston had a pastor, she would still be alive today. And that gift would still be in the world today. Many of the greats whose life has been cut short or whose life has been tragic in, in their latter years, it's because they did not have a pastor. So I want you to take what I'm teaching you this morning seriously. You need a pastor. I need a pastor. Oh yes. Don't think that pastors don't need pastors. Everyone needs a pastor. Oh, I have pastors. I, I do. Uncle Ben and Auntie Joy, they are my pastors. Yes, and I also have others that I, I, I go to and say, please, speak your servant is what listening and one of the most illustrative or educative texts in the bible about pastoring or being pastored is psalm 23 a very popular psalm some of you know it by heart we can try out the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me into paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My cup runs over surely goodness and mercy. 
My, you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Ah! The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, the word shepherd and the word pastor are the same words. Do you understand? They are not, they don't mean different things. In, in, in biblical typology, Christians are called sheep. Sheep. Not goats. Not cats. Not snakes. But what? Sheep. He says in, in, in Psalm 100, we are the sheep of his pasture. Give me that verse. Psalm 100. Psalm 100. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Now there is something there that will help you resolve what I started with in case it is not resolved in your head that pastor and shepherd are the same because pastor and pasture are related. A pastor is one who has pasture for the sheep. You are following. So the Bible calls us sheep. Sheep are very interesting animals. They are, I told you my animal life. Now of all the animals we reared while I was growing up, we didn't keep sheep, unfortunately. But everywhere I have seen sheep, I've never seen one sheep. Sheep are always in a flock. I think sheep are very uncomfortable being alone because they were not created to thrive by themselves. Sheep thrive in a flock. Are you with me? The animals that thrive alone and independently are snakes. Now, you are not a snake. The Bible says be wise as serpents, but it doesn't say be like serpents. There is some wisdom they have that helps them survive in such adversity, but they are not the happiest animals out there. You have you ever... It's just in these days that people try to say they are, there's a snake park, what? Even that so-called snake park, there's glass and what? No one wants to associate with the things. But sheep, you've never found sheep. There is no wild sheep. No, sheep always have a shepherd. Snakes don't have a snapper. Okay. <clears throat> so if you are somehow, you don't like having a pastor, please examine your heart. There might be some stuff going on inside that is not so good. Yeah, you might be having poison. <clears throat> I don't have much time. <laughs> have a long summer, so I want to track it. Yeah. <coughs> Amen. Amen. Everyone needs a pastor. We are sheep. 
my life now is the way it is because I walked into St. Francis Chapel and found a pastor. If I'd never gone to that church and found that pastor who pastored me and still does, everything about my life wouldn't be here. Yeah. That's why I want, I told the chamber group to stand up. Usually, by the time you reach university, that's when you need to now get strong into things of having authority over you. Because now, when you are in secondary school, at least there were rules. Now there are no rules. Most people lose, start losing their lives and direction of their lives around campus. Are you with me? Ship need a pastor. Snakes don't. Now, remember that. Sheep need a pastor. Snakes don't. Okay, the Lord is mine. By the way, it doesn't matter how old you are. Even old sheep need a pastor. Mm. There is nothing like me, I'm now too old to need a pastor. No. No, 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 no. Ish. Are there people? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Mm. I shall not want. I shall not be lacking. I will always be increasing. Now, I'm going to, to for purposes of the relevance of this message, I'm going to bring some knowledge to 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 bear, if that's okay. Now, the Lord is my shepherd, but how does he shepherd me? Jesus is the chief shepherd, but he shepherds his people through shepherds that he appoints to shepherd them. Are you following? Give me Jeremiah 3.15, Acts 20, 28, and 1 Peter 5, 1 to 4. Jeremiah 15 says, I will give you what? Shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understand. I will give you. Who is speaking? God. The shepherd is saying he will give you shepherds. That's how he shepherds you. Yeah, because some people say, me, the Lord is my shepherd. As for people, I don't care. You're wrong. Your shepherd has given you shepherds. Even me, when he called me to start this church, I can't shepherd all the 30,000 members by myself. So what do I do? I also appoint shepherds who are like location pastors. And then they appoint shepherds who are zonal pastors. And they appoint shepherds court shepherds and missional community leaders. Everyone is trying to fulfill God's will by having layers of shepherds. Do you realize that worship harvest, even though we are 30,000 members, compared to the whole body of Christ, we are a small group. <clears throat> so your missional community is a small part of something. We are also a small part of something. Hallelujah. So, I don't want 
from this point of the discussion going forward, we are practical. I've resolved your issue of God being your shepherd. Beautiful. But he's shepherding you through someone. Give me the other one. I asked for Acts 20. 28. Together. Ah, but you people. Only the people at the front are reading. I'm about to riot about this reading thing. Uh, can, can we have the lights back on? I think it's not too hot. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock uh-huh, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. Who has made you overseers? The Holy Spirit. To do what? To shepherd the flock. Whose flock is it? God's flock. Who's the shepherd? You. Are there people, I know there are people here. Are there people here who, who have, who are into animal husbandry? You run a farm of cows, goats, sheep, and other such by show of hands. You people, only two people. Show of hands, two, three, four. Uh-huh, yes, okay. Now, I know Pastor Solomon's mom, uh, uh, were you on the farm this morning? No. Were you there yesterday? No. Do you spend all your days on the farm? No. Why? You have shepherds or cattle keepers, depending on animal, that you have appointed. Yeah. Now, because they are the ones taking care of the animals, that, that, does that make them the owners? <laughs> no. If you appoint someone to run your farm and then they start telling the villagers that these are his animals. <laughs> when, they, when they go to do SFFT, then they tell them, net worth, write down your assets. They include your animals on their asset column. You know we are in trouble. Because the animals are not theirs. The animals are yours but the stewardship is theirs should now should they now do a lousy job because the animals are not theirs if they do a lousy job because the animals are not theirs what are you going to do fire them yeah fire them Fire them. Are you with me? So, are you my sheep? No. You are Jesus' what? Sheep. But who is responsible? Me. And if I don't do a good job, what is going to happen? Fired. By who? Jesus. Not you. You, you can't fire me even if you try. <laughs> But Jesus can fire me. Just like with one, it doesn't even, it's just one look like this, and you are gone. It doesn't even need to say anything. Yeah, once you're doing a bad job with this ship. MC leaders, are you listening? Shabby shepherding must go. When you look at yourself as a shepherd, do you, do you think you deserve promotion or firing? 
Give me that text in First Peter five. First Peter five. This is this is going well. First mm. Peter five one to four. Let's read together. The elders who are among you, I exhort, I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. What does it say? Shepherd the flock of God which is among you. Whose flock is it? Whose flock is it? Whose responsibility is it to shepherd? So you, who is the flock? Who shepherds you? Here at Nalia, Pastor Ari and myself, we are your pastors. We are your shepherds. You are God's flock, but we are your shepherds. I hope you are not seeing any contradiction there. You are God's flock, but we are your shepherds. We are commanded. Yeah, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly. MC leaders, are you serving willingly or by compulsion? Not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. You should never become a shepherd because you don't have another job and here they, they may give you something. Not, not as being lords over those interested to you, but being examples to the flock. One of the key things about being a shepherd is that you must be an example. You can't talk about marriage when you are not married properly, like you are but you are there shouting marriage. You can't do that. That beats window arrangement. And it says, when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Come on now. Come on now. If I were you, I would do anything to become a missional community leader and a court shepherd and zone of, like that, like that, and to plant a church. Because there's a crown of glory that does not fade away that I am going to receive and some other people here are going to receive yeah look life here on earth is temporary it doesn't matter how much you enjoy it it does not matter how much you enjoy it it's temporary Bishop Doug said that every 50 years a new group of people occupies planet earth every 50 years it is what it is but we have eternal focus Hallelujah. Are you scaring me? Okay. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. People who are shepherded don't lack. Give, give it to me in Amplified Classic. That very verse. And then you give me Jeremiah 23, 4. Amplified classic. Ampsi, ampsi, quickly. Ampsi, quickly. Ish. Ish. Wow. The Lord is my shepherd to feed, guide, and shield me. I shall not lack. The Lord is my shepherd to feed, guide, and shield me. I shall not lack. I'm telling you, why would anyone desire life without a shepherd? Life without a pastor. When you can be fed, guided, and what? Shielded. 
Give me Jeremiah. Is it 23, 4, 24, 3? 23, 4. Uh, what does it say? Let's read together. Loud, 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 loud. I will set up shepherds over them who will feed them and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, nor shall they be lacking. No fear, no dismay, no lack. Anytime those three things are happening in your life, they are indicators of a lack of shepherding. Now, you might be there and say, but me, I already am here in church. You are my shepherd. Uh, but I've been lacking, or I was in fear, or I was this. No, I'm going to show you some other details that you may not want to hear, but you need to see. Because just attending church doesn't make you a good sheep. In church, you have sheep. You know, even Jesus said that there will even be wolves in church, in sheep's clothing. Now, I'm not saying you're a wolf. I'm just saying Jesus said that there will be wolves. And they would look like sheep. Because they would be in sheep's clothing. Do you know when people quote the scripture about wolves in sheep's clothing, they, they talk about pastors. They, they, the pastors who misbehave, they say, they say there were wolves in sheep. No, the wolves in sheep clothing are supposed to look like the sheep, not the pastors. The wolves in sheep clothing are in, in the flock, not, not, not on the pulpit. Hey. Hey. There's too much fresh air this morning. Some people cannot contain it. Hey. Say I'm a good sheep. Now, verse 2. He makes me, verse 2. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Now, we have already agreed that God is not shepherding you directly, but through people. So whatever he does to you, he does it through people. The first three few words of this sentence are where the problems begin. He makes me. He makes me. Not I lie down by myself. Not I go to the still waters as and when I want. No, 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 no. He makes me. Can your shepherd make you lie down in green pastures? In other words, are you instructable? Are you submitted? Do you do what you're told to do? I told you all this fear, lack, and dismay as a result of lack of shepherding. But many times we are looking at the shepherd and we forget that this time the sheep are human beings. And some sheep are unmakeable to do anything. They are super independent. They make their decisions. They do what they want. They only inform you. No, 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 no. Sheep don't inform the shepherd of what they want to do. There is one. <laughs> May I want the other side? Yeah. Sheep, look, 
he makes me. This is where the, the, the contract is broken usually. Shepherd, yes, wonderful, we want. Make me, no. Go back to your wife. No, you don't know. You don't know what you are talking. You don't understand. I just told you to go back to your wife. So if you can't obey that, you can't be married. Because when it comes to marriage, no one can succeed independently. No one. Not even me. Let me tell you, one of the things you will never succeed at if you are an independent-minded person is marriage. Yeah, you need a person to make you do something you don't like to do. To succeed in the thing you want to do. Take your wife out. Okay. Have number one. <laughs> Are we together? No, I'm, I'm saying things. You see, in the Jewish culture, a rabbi taught their disciples everything, including how to use the, the latrine. Oh, yes. In the Jewish culture, the rabbi taught their disciples everything. They just think they know. You think you know how to be married? No, no one knows how to be married because you've never done it before. He makes me. Once upon a time, those days when we were not so clear between the boundaries, about the boundaries between shepherd and sheep, one of the sheep came to see me. Their marriage was in trouble. In my office, and we talked. And as we talked, you know, it's interesting that God speaks, by the way. You would be shocked what I had God telling me to tell this person. Because even me, I feel like, this, this is not good. The person has problems. Now this is the instruction coming. Do you know what the instruction was? Start tithing. Yeah, that was it. Like, let me tell you. One day you're going to be a pastor. And you'll come and cry at my office. Yeah. I'm telling you. All these pastors, ask them what, what makes them cry. It's the calamitous failure of their ship. When someone fails. And you know you could have saved the situation. And you weep for them. It was a very start tithing. He went away. And uh, yeah. He's not, they're not married anymore. The marriage failed and failed badly. You know, there's a failing, failing code, and there's failing badly with several repercussions down there. It was so simple. He makes me. Mm. 
John 10, 27. John 20, 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. Yeah, this means of, yeah, I'm a member of worship harvest. You don't hear the voice. You, you are just in the wilderness. You don't need to do that. Hey, all of us are beneficiaries of shepherding. Oh yeah. And we wouldn't be doing what we do if we didn't listen to the people who shepherd us. He makes me lie down. To lie down. Come to garage. Go for MC. Start an MC. Honor your father and mother. Love your wife. Ah, whatever. Go get a job. Start tithing. Give first fruits. What? You, you just, you're like, you're like sheep that don't eat grass. They, 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 however much the pastures are there, nothing. And then you, you're wondering why. You're stuck. Let's face it, you're stuck. And you know when you're stuck, you can think everyone else is stuck. No, not everyone is stuck. People are making serious progress, my friend. People are moving forward swiftly. No point in being stuck. He makes, let me tell you, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. The, the highest, the greatest currency for promotion in the world is humility. And your humility is tested at the point of instruction. Everyone can be humble if there is no instruction. Or look humble. Humility is tested at the point of instruction. Bishop Wedepo said, you walk by by common sense, you run by discipline, you fly by instruction. To learn to walk, it's common sense. No, children don't go into a, there's no walking classes. Yeah, you just see what your parents are doing. They are always up on their two feet. You, you are crawling. At one point, you get fed up. And say, so why am I always down when those tall people are up? So you start attempting to what? To walk, and you walk. Now, walking is wonderful, but it is slow. To run, people who participate in athletics, you run by discipline. If you are not disciplined, you can't make a certain kind of progress. The slowest people are the walkers. They just learn, they see what people do and they do it. The people who are disciplined, they wake up at a certain time. They, they do certain things regimentally. They run. They are fast. In life, they make progress like that. But discipline has its limits. To fly an aircraft, it's by instruction. You don't fly an aircraft by discipline or by common sense. It's by instruction. 30 degrees left. Altitude. Go to 6,000. Wherever. 
those people, they are dependent on being instructed the whole time. There is a certain level of life and speed and excellence and and elevation and greatness which you can never achieve if you are not subject to instruction. Yeah. Just think about how you mismanage that small thing you're in charge of. Can you imagine if they gave you a country? <laughs> Why are people not what? You are understanding. I'm shaking the tables. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He doesn't make me to lie down in dry lands where there is no water. No. He makes he Every instruction from God is to guide you to a better place in your life. Every one of them. Every, every progress I've ever made in my life was to obedience to an instruction. Well, can I tell you something? When you have difficulties obeying a person who speaks very clear English like me, God, you think God has a loudspeaker and a microphone? You can't, if you can't receive instructions from human beings, you can't receive instructions from God. Because God speaks funny stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have to be careful. You're like, are you the one speaking or what? What's this? Because God doesn't come and speak the way I'm talking to you now. The people who say they had God tell them, you, have they ever told you how, uh, in how they had? Eh. His language is complicated. You must be really good at hearing to even figure out, I think this is God. Otherwise, then he doesn't speak. If he doesn't speak, then he's not alive. Then he's not there. Then we are wasting time in here in this building. Don't come next Sunday if you don't think he's there. Oh, but he's alive and he still speaks. He leads me beside the still waters. God leads us to places of abundance and peace. Abundance and peace. And you know what? Even the devil knows it. So, one of the things the devil does successfully unfortunately, in churches is to create turbulent waters so the sheep don't drink. They are all, at every church, there's always someone trying to bring division. Even in Jesus' team, there was one. Yeah. I don't know. Are there people? Give me Romans 16, 17. Romans 16, 17 says, it doesn't say it makes me. Romans 16, 17. Now I ask you, brethren, not those who cause divisions and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which you learn and avoid them. Yeah. Yeah. The quickest way to, to destroy a church is to bring divisions and offenses. 
And then people can no longer come because the water is not still. Yeah. So that's why Paul urges all the churches to protect the unity of the faith. Protect the unity. Even us as a church to protect our unity with other churches and other congregations. That's why you don't stand here blasting the other church, the other church, blah, blah. It's none of our business. Our role is to protect the unity of the church. To contribute where we can. Encourage. Give financially and all of that. Are you with me? Take me back to Psalm 23. Verse 3. Let's see if we can make progress. This is getting too hectic. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He restores my soul. Restoration means something has gone off. We all need soul restoration. I told you when I started in the mo- here that someone, you came in, outside it's shining, but inside it's cloudy. Do you know what you need? Soul restoration. Because stuff happens. Stuff happens. As long as you're on planet Earth, stuff happens. People get chucked by boyfriends and girlfriends. Yeah. You get an email from URA. The, the accountant gives you a report. The doctor says something is going on somewhere in your body. What? All of that stuff can affect your soul. You become agitated. You lack peace. The role of shepherds is to restore people back to a place of hope and faith and telling you we will make it. We will make it. Yeah, a live dog is better than a dead lion. You ask if you can still breathe, we will make it. In the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He'll, you know the paths of righteousness are not obvious. Yeah, I know you are the righteousness of God. But sometimes you behave like the devil. And you need the shepherd to tell you where. Yeah. Stop eating chips with that girl. Paths of righteousness. <laughs> or with that boy, Kale. Okay, with that man. He already has a wife. What, what are you doing? Uh, being convivial with him. But those are, am I talking? Oh, am I talking at all? Paths of righteousness. Why? For his name's sake. But be careful to get Yeah, people who are uninstructable and unshepherdable, they bring shame to the name of Jesus. This is the way. Walk in it. Next verse. Yeah. Yay. Yay. This is a, a tough one. Yay. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. For you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The valley of the shadow of death. There are dark moments in life. There are dark moments 
in life where you need a shepherd. Three times, three times, Bishop Cyprian Bamwazi, the late, walked with me to a grave to bury my father, my mother, and my brother holding my shoulder. First time I was eight years old, it was my father. I probably didn't understand the gravity of what had happened. After all the preaching is done, says Moses, come. He walked with me. I just went to see his grave the other day. He walked with me. And my father was put in. A few years later, my brother was murdered. He walked with me. My brother was put in. Later, my mother died. He walked with me. Oh, look, even non-believers, even atheists, when they lose a person, they need a priest there for, for the burial. Those are important. Death is a humbler. There is nothing that kills human bride like death. It can be the worst possible experience to not have a shepherd on a day like that. Yeah, you are with me. I will fear no evil. For evil is there. When death is present, like evil has been unleashed. Darkness says, I will fear no evil. Why? You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I'm telling you, you need a, a shepherd. You need a shepherd. I wish I could tell you that all your days will always be bright and there will always be birthdays and anniversaries only. No, barriers are going to come. And it's my responsibility as your pastor to, to tell you ahead of time that barriers are going to come. Yeah. That's not the time to say there is no God. Who will walk with you? Who will be present with you? Who will comfort you? You need a shepherd. Yes. You need a shepherd. On the dark day, you need a shepherd to comfort you. Are you with me? Yes. One of our friends lost his wife maybe two years ago. And Pastor Dennis here and Pastor Allen have walked with him. They have comforted him. That was a tough one. Because she fell ill. We prayed, we fasted, we believed God. She improved, then suddenly she just deteriorated. Man, without a shepherd? Yeah. Those, those, those are tough days. Next verse. Says, you prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, 
You anoint my head with oil. While the enemy is plotting, hmm? the shepherds are also planning. They are preparing meals. They are teaching word. They are praying. Because they know the enemy is nearby. You see all these shepherds you see here? They pray. They fast. They prepare. They prepare. They don't prepare for themselves. They don't fast for themselves. Long prayer meetings. It's not for themselves. It's for the flock. It says, you anoint my head with oil. It's, the Bible says that, that the yoke will be broken by reason of the anointing oil. The yoke will be destroyed. Sometimes you've walked with yokes. I, I don't know, there's that video, they showed a little bit of it. Some of our shepherds in Mkono went to visit that old woman who hadn't walked for two years. They prayed with her. The next day she was walking. They call that yoke-breaking anointing. You anoint my head with oil. Sometimes when a minister and God leads me to pray for something, and then I ask the people who are affected by that thing and they maybe put their hands up or stand up. There may be like 20. When I, when I call for my anointing oil to start anointing, suddenly the line gets to 400 people. And I'm like, there were 20 people who put their hands up. What has happened? People need the anointing oil. People carry burdens. Oh. Oh. Oh, but it's like in the presence of my enemies, you're preparing a meal of the word of God. You're praying, you're preaching, you're planning, you're placing me in a missional community. The yoke will be broken there because I'll have a shepherd. Are you with me? You anoint my head with oil. Friends, you need a shepherd. You need a shepherd. You need to make a commitment if you are part of this church to be a real, practical, practicing member. To join a missional community. To serve there. To help others. Because it doesn't end with you. You are not the only one in need. There are people who are hurting so badly they don't know where to start. There are people... Even if they want to, they can't stop the, 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 the thing that they're involved in. What is it? What's good? Like, there are, are people who are addictions. Like they, just, they wish someone could just stop that thing from taking them. Oh, yeah. And you might be that person. Brokenness everywhere. It's like we need look. Look at all the countries that have said God is not important. Where they are. They have money, but is money helping them? Yeah, now they are getting into fights. Oh yeah. If only Putin had the shepherd. If Putin had a shepherd, 
we wouldn't have war. Yeah, all that money that's being spent now on arranging for war, this way, that way, that way, just one shepherd could resolve everything. One of the stabilizing factor in American politics was Billy Graham. It didn't matter whether there was a Democrat president or a Republican president, there was a certain sense of common sense with the American presidency. See what has happened since Billy Graham died. What has happened to American politics? It's now gloves off. Everyone needs a shepherd. Even presidents of, of, of mighty countries need shepherds. Next verse. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Pastor Blesson, Pastor Angie, come up. Think about it. The impact of a shepherd is that one, goodness and mercy follows you all the days of your life. It doesn't say I will not have problems. No, no, no. It's goodness and mercy will follow you. In spite. Here's what's very interesting. He says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 92 says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. But you know what? The psalmist, the psalmist, in Psalm 23, anticipates one more stage. Because it says, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord, not all the days of my life, forever. Wow. Wow. A good shepherd, a good shepherd doesn't shepherd you a good shepherd shepherds you all the way to you meeting Jesus wow. Wow. it is the responsibility of a good shepherd to secure your eternity Paul writes in Colossians and says him we preach hmm? Colossians 1 28 and 29 him we preach warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Who presents? We, we the shepherds. It's our responsibility. That's why we preach, we warn, we teach. Next verse. To this end I also labor striving According to his working, which works in me, give it to me in the amplified 
classic or amplified. Whichever you have quicker, quicker. That verse. Give me the verse quickly. Amp, see, amp. Give me amp, amp. Amplified, A-M-P. For this, I labor often to the point of exhaustion. That's what your pastors go through. That's what your zonal pastors go through. That's what your location pastors go through. Often to the point of what? Exhaustion, striving with his power and energy, which so greatly works within me, to present you. Everyone needs a shepherd, both here and to present you to the chief shepherd who will take over the day you breathe your last here. It is our responsibility to make sure that when you breathe your last, we are handing you to the right person. You are not going with the devil to hell. You are going into the arms of the Lord, into eternity. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The house of the Lord, what you see on earth is just a representation of what is over there in heaven where there are the 24 elders and the throne and they are singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty and all of that. That's why he says he has made us sit together with him in the heavenly places in what? In Christ. You need a shepherd, Pastor Angie. Wow. Let's stand up. Let's stand up and thank Apostle for this really good word. And let's also thank God who has given us through Apostle a word in season. The word for today. You're in this room today and as Apostle was talking about death and the fact that your shepherd is there to make sure that they hand you over to the right person, that they hand you over to God in eternity. You knew that if you died today, the place you would not go is heaven, that you wouldn't go to eternity. And God is saying to you today that he wants to be your father. God is saying to you today that he wants to take you out of that place of darkness into a place of light. Maybe you're the person who came today and Around you there is sunshine, but inside there is a cloud. And the only thing you need to do is to make the decision to get born again. Is to make the decision to get saved. Maybe you're in your house, you're at one of the hosting centers, you're at one of our locations, and you came today, and your friend brought you. Or you've been invited over and over, and you're like, today I'm going to come. But you know you have not made the decision to get born again. That when they talk about the fact that the Lord is your shepherd and you shall not want, it doesn't make sense to you. But as you are listening to the teaching, you're like, today, 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 I want to become a son. Today, today, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is your day. Today is your day of salvation. I'm going to invite you to do something really bold and strong. I'm going to invite you to put up your hand. You're saying, today is the day I want to get born again. I see your hands up there. Let's celebrate. I see your hand, my sister. Let's celebrate. Can we clap? Can we clap? If you're next to a person, I see hands. Just walk with them to the front. Walk with them to the front. 
you're this side of the room and you're like, today I want to make the decision to get born again, just put up your hand. Just put up your hand. Wherever you are at the hosting centers, walk to the front. There's a pastor waiting for you. The, 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 the hosting center leader is waiting for you. Just walk to the front. Walk to the front. Can we continue to celebrate and encourage them as they walk to the front? Welcome to the family of God. Welcome to the family of God. There were people people in the gallery. I know that they are coming down. Let's continue celebrating. This is a great decision. This is a great decision. We have been given a word that none of our loved ones shall perish before giving their lives to Christ. Okay? So you're someone's answered prayer. You're someone's answered prayer. And you know because it has happened to you, it's going to happen to your family also. Let's clap and celebrate as they come forward. Wow. Welcome to the family of God. I'd like to shake your hand. No, you can. You can. I just wanted to shake your hand. Welcome to the family of God. We're going to pray together. We're going to pray together. Before we pray, ask your neighbor. Have you given your life to Christ? Are you born again? Don't be shy. Don't be, I'm giving you an opportunity to do one of the P's, evangelism, okay? If they say yes, celebrate. If the answer is no, ask them, would you like to give your life to Christ? And if they say yes, help me put up your hand and bring them forward. So I'm going to ask you, is your neighbor born again? Are you sure? Did you ask them? Amen. Remember, next week we are coming with two people, okay? Bring people who are not born again. You're going to invite two people how many times? Three times. So let's pray. Repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, today I give my life to you. Today I receive eternity. Thank you for loving me. Take my life and do something significant with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. At the hosting centers and at the different locations, there's a pastor waiting for you to take your details. Why? Because we want to plug you in. We want to give you a shepherd who will walk with you, who will help you to, who will make you lie down in green pastures. Pastor Catherine is waiting for you here to take your details just there in the corner. You're not going to go far and then you can go back and sit. If you're online, you are in your house, you are in your car, please send a message to 0775-642-449. I'll say that again. Send a message to 0775-642-449. There's a pastor on the other side of that line waiting for you to plug you in. As Apostle was teaching and he was talking about family, I got the deep sense that there are people who need to make the decision to be plugged in, to be shepherded. You're not in a missional community. What is a missional community? A missional community is a family on mission. Okay, we spend time together in the word, we spend time together in prayer. That's your family, the people who walk with you, the people who celebrate with you, the people who mourn with you, and the people who give you purpose. We go on mission together, we go on mission together. 
And I'm going to invite you to join our missional community. I don't know, maybe I don't know if I should invite the Zono pastors to come forward. But today, you're joining our missional community. I'm going to ask you also to do a bold thing. Put up your hand and come forward and your details will be taken. Yes, right. Yes. So just, you're joining our missional Pastor, community today. Put up your hand. Today is the day you've decided I want to be plugged in. I want to join a missional community. I want to be shepherded. Just put up your hand. It's okay. It's okay. Yes. These are, these are, these are our zonal pastors, so they will receive uh-huh. those who want Please to join come. MCs. We have zonal pastors here at the front. The Atidas. We have the Atidas who were shepherded. You know what their testimony is? They came, they were shepherded, got married. Do you understand? They are now in green pastures. Got married, they had an MC, led a cohort, led a zone, now they are zone pastors. So just put up your hand, it's okay. I know you're in the room and you want to join an MC. Ask your neighbor, are you in a mission or community? You're very welcome. Come, 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 come. You're welcome, you're very welcome, you're very welcome. Ask them, would you like to join a mission or community? And then walk with them to the front. I see you coming, I see you coming. Come on, you're very welcome, you're very welcome. Let's encourage them as they come forward. Let's encourage them as they come forward. At the different hosting centers and churches, encourage and clap for the people. You're welcome. This is the best decision of your life. This is, look, eh? you're being plugged in. I'm going to give it one extra minute, one extra minute. The leaders in this room, okay? Ask your neighbors, are you in a mission or community? Tell them, you're welcome, come on, come on. This is your family, this is your family that you're going to work with. I'm going to give it an extra minute, an extra minute. Do we have some more people? Yes, we do, I know they're there. They're like 20 more people. I'm allowing the discussions to happen. I'm allowing the discussions to happen. Oh my goodness, I see you coming forward. Let's clap and encourage them as they come forward, as they come forward. Wow. I'll tell you for a fact that because I joined a missional community, my life was given proper direction. I started moving in speed. I started moving with acceleration. Welcome, friends, clap, clap. This is a good thing that's happening. This is a good thing that's happening. So you're going to go with the Arizona pastors, the Artidas, to the side, yes? Just in that corner. I see more people coming. Can we have more Zono pastors helping to sign up? At the end of the service, if you still feel like, I still, I want to join a missional community. You're going to see, who can I bring? Mr. Kamara, I want you to be seen. So that you can approach him at the end of the service, okay? To join a missional community. Otherwise, that's the corner there for people being signed up to join a missional community. Wow, can we celebrate Jesus yeah. for his kindness and goodness? Let's pray as we close this service. Thank you, Father, for your kindness. If you're sick in any part of your body, just put your hand there and I'm praying. Thank you, Lord. I declare healing on your head. Either where the pain is on your head, I declare healing right now upon your people. I command that spirit of infirmity to leave you now. 
and now we speak health and well-being to your body that you'll be able to function and do all that God has called you to do. We bless you, Jesus, for your healing power. In Jesus' name, amen. And thank you, Father, for your kindness and goodness and this service. We go in your name. We go rejoicing. We scatter that cloud of depression. We speak light to it. We speak life to it. And may you rejoice always in the name of Jesus. And friends, may God bless you. May he cause his face to shine on you and give you peace. And may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And may the grace of our Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forever. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on Sunday. You're inviting two people three times until they say yes. Because you might just be their shepherd. Amen. God bless you. for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.